Hello friends, it's Jim Nance and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, this week on the pod, I got Adam Shank, who's PGA Tour player. This is his fifth year on the tour, and you've probably seen him recently. Uh, Shriners Children's Open, he was right there, 54-hole leader, really close. Didn't get it done. He got Sungjae Im'd uh, on Sunday. Im'd drops nine under. Um, but it was a, a pretty cool opportunity for Adam. We get into what it was like for him sleeping on the lead, uh, thinking on Sunday at what point did, was it not going to happen, and how do you feel emotionally? How do you process that? I mean, this is a guy who's never won on the PGA Tour. He was close as well in Reno last year too. So he was 54-hole leader there. That was modified stable for a different type of format, right? Uh, but still, like, there's a lot of cool things going on with Adam. We've seen him a lot recently um, on leaderboards. And also, too, he's a huge Purdue sports fan. So we get into his passion for that. He's an Indiana guy through and through. He still lives there. Uh, so there's a lot of fun things here with Adam Shank. We'll get to it here in just a minute. I want to talk to you about EncoreGolf.com. Check them out. The Vero X one I've been using this recently, or really the last year. Their newest tour ball delivers unprecedented combination of distance, accuracy, and control and feel it's great for me around the greens i love the feel and the touch with chipping and with putting on the greens as well you know you're still getting the distance which we all want as well it leverages unique perimeter weighting technology maximizes the moment of inertia so what we all want to do right uh, it takes even the best golfer swings to an entirely new level so check them out online use the promo code b the letter b clubhouse and you'll get 10% off when you order with these guys. It's great. I, I love their presence on social as well. Encore Golf uh, is their handle on Instagram and Twitter. All right, let's get to it. Adam Shank here in his fifth year here on the PGA Tour. Um, well, I'm joined by Adam Shank, who is in his fifth year on the PGA Tour. This guy, you've seen him on leaderboards recently in Vegas at the Shriners children open and uh adam what's been happening how are you doing buddy i'm doing well hope you're doing well uh thanks for having me on um been trying to connect to you for a little while and i've uh been dodging you but uh no it's it's been it's been good the shriners was a great event for me a career best finish so obviously that's a a, a great start to the season and you know had a chance to win i think i had the 54 hole lead um, which is the first time i've done that in a stroke play event um but obviously overall a great week and um you know hopefully continue some of that momentum into the rest of the season would be great yeah well you mentioned 54 hole lead and a stroke play event obviously you rewind the tape a few months and in reno um you were right there through three rounds it was a different modified stable for that's one thing but i want to i want to take you this or take us to sunday as you were getting ready for that round like how do you relax kind of get yourself uh prepared i guess uh for for what you knew was one of the biggest rounds of your life there yeah, exactly. I mean, you try and not think about it being one of the biggest rounds of your life, but just exactly like you said, like it is, it was probably the biggest round of my life and I warmed up great. Um, you know, I'm not that it matters, but I made a lot of putts in the putting green. Uh, I feel like I made like three 30 footers in a row, which obviously doesn't happen um, on the putting green very often, let alone on the golf course. So I'm like, well, 
shoot, that's maybe three 30 footers I just wasted. Um, but I hit it nice in the range. And when I got to the first tee, that's, you know, I started feeling the nerves a little bit more and I was probably the most nervous, the first three holes and then the last three holes. Um, so I, I settled down after the first three, I got, I obviously got off to a great start and hit to a couple feet on the first hole and was fortunate to have a good number where I could spin a wedge. Um, but definitely body felt a little different teeing off and, um, just tried to slow down as much as I could, but you know, it's, it's a tough situation to, to really prepare for until you've done it a couple of times. Um, but just the, the best way I could explain it was just the, my body just felt a little different. It wasn't that I was overly nervous. I mean, I was excited, but body feeling just a little bit different and, and I guess that's obviously a result of the nerves. Yeah. Well, it's interesting when you talk about body feeling different, how did you feel emotionally when you looked at that board and you saw him throw up a number he was way ahead of you, right. In, in, in the process there, but what was your first emotion when you realized it's not going to happen today? I don't remember the first time I looked at a leaderboard, but maybe it was whole six where I was, making a bogey that could have actually been a little worse. Um, and I saw he was a lot under par early. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like winning is going to be kind of hard, you know, obviously not that you think you can't win at that time, but he was just so far ahead. I don't know. I, I haven't looked at his scorecard to be honest. I know he shot nine under, I, I think he got off to a really good start, obviously. Um, but teeing off, there were so many guys that were within striking distance of the lead on a golf course that's, you know, fairly gettable if you make some putts and drive in the fairway, um, par five is reachable, drive par four. So I, I, I knew that I had to play an excellent round of golf to win. I knew I was going to shoot something low. Um, I don't think I could have played, you know, I could have played a really good round of golf, I would say, and not beat Sung Jay. Um, he just played phenomenal. Well, you talked about the nerves feeling a little bit different on that Sunday, but what, what did you learn about yourself in, in an experience like that in Vegas? Just, I keep going back to the fact that I, I believe that I'm good enough to win, you know, until you actually believe that. Um, because I, I don't know that I a hundred percent believed it for a long time, but I've started to believe it in the last couple of months. Um, so I think, actually believing that and teeing it up with the intention of I'm going to win rather than I would love to finish 10th and just go on to the next week and feel good about myself, which is great. And all, I mean, top 10 on the tours, you know, unbelievable. It's really good golf. Um, walk up and down the range and you see everybody hitting and everybody's obviously very good, but that's my biggest takeaway. And the more I put myself in that situation of having a leader, being close to the lead on, all the rounds, I mean, especially going into Sunday, um, I think the more I do that, then the better off um, I will be in the future. And this was, I mean, I hate to say a great learning experience. I mean, it's my fifth year on tour. I'm almost 30 years old, but it was it was a good experience for me. When you said a couple months ago, it, it changed for you. You actually started believing you could win. What, what moment was it? Well, what exactly changed? So I started to putt better in a, Brent Henley started to caddy for me and really work with me. Um, and he's just like, man, like, how are you fighting? This is the John Deere on the range. He's like, how are you fighting for your card? He's like, you're so good. Like, and everybody tells everybody that they're really good at golf. And, you know, but he, I didn't really know him from Adam at that. Huh, that's funny. Cause my name's Adam, but I guess that's just how the saying goes. Um, but he's like, what are you doing? Like, how are you fighting for your card right now? He's like, this is going to stop. And I'm just like, 
you know, wow, it, it meant a lot for him to say that, you know, maybe, maybe I am a little better and I give myself credit for it. And, and I just, I putted, I, I figured out something in my putting that week. Um, and I've kind of been just rolling with that, but that was kind of uh, the turning point. And then we obviously played well there and played well at Barracuda and then just kind of kept it rolling. Um, yeah, it seems like John Deere a couple months ago, I don't know however long ago that was, that was, um, a little bit of the tipping point. Yeah. And you mentioned your putting, wasn't it like a little bit of an arc adding a little more, bringing it more to the inside on the takeaway, right? Yeah, exactly. Inside and, and letting it, letting it feel like it opens up. I mean, I don't, I haven't been on the Sam putt lab or any of the putting devices that measure arc or face rotation or anything like that. But my feel is just kind of take it a little more inside and have a little more open and close and like a smooth stroke. Um, and that's, I mean, I always pulled so many putts before and I just never let the putter face open enough and come inside enough. So that was um, very helpful for me, a great feeling. Um, I guess it's more of using my hands, a little more feel, but I teed it up at John Deere and I'm like, I am putting so nice. I think I have have a chance and it's a, that's a good feeling to have. Oh my gosh. I'd imagine. Yeah. And the thing is too, like, yeah. look at your career, the first rookie year, you didn't make the playoffs, but every year since you've been right there, you finished 88th last year. Uh, you were the bubble guy just missed the BMW was a mm -hmm. couple years back, two or three years back. You were right there. So, I mean, this has really been, um, you've been progressing. I mean, this is, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of turning in the right direction, right? Exactly. And, you know, Purdue basketball always compares like, you know, each one more is paid played for like how many teams in the NBA and he's a hell of a player and had a hell of a career and everybody wants to be LeBron James and, you know, a superstar. And, and that's what I want to be too. But, you know, it's, it's just really, you know, tough to be a, a Dustin Johnson, a Tiger Woods. And, and, you know, maybe I'll get there. Maybe I won't. I don't know, but, you know, progressing and keeping your card and then all right that's great you kept it once do it again okay you did it again now you know finish in the top 70 you know get a close top finish top 50 and then make that tour championship so it's it's a progression i'm not um god's gift to golf i have progressed i have a lot more progressing to go um but i do feel like i am turning in the right direction and you know everybody's roads a little different and you know this is my fifth year on the pj tour so that's you know that's a little bit of a feather in my cap i mean um i've improved a lot since college but you know everybody progresses differently and it, it is nice exactly like you said to see a little bit more of a progression to okay 88th last year you've kept your cars several years in a row but you know i'm kind of i feel like i'm ready if i'm going to if I'm going to do it, I feel like it's time to make that jump and all right, let's get in the top 70 this year, or let's get, you know, whatever, whatever that jump may be for me. Um, let's just do it. Yeah. I, I'm glad you brought up Purdue a little earlier too. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but when we talk about um, progressing and when you see your friends, your fellow friends on tour, even fellow Indiana natives like Tyler Duncan win as he did about a year and a half ago, he got into that first master's. How, how do you process that when you see your friends win, when you see them in the masters, what does that do for you? It just, I mean, for me, it made me weirdly believe in myself a little more. Um, and seeing Tyler win, I mean, I was so pumped for him. I was so excited. I jumped <laughs> off the couch and like <laughs> pulled every muscle on my back. I, mean, I didn't feel like I, I jumped so high off the couch. and I was so excited for him because he works really hard. Uh, and he's just a, a good person, one of the good guys. So I was extremely happy for him and played in his first masters. Um, unfortunately it was the one with 
out the fans and whatnot. So I mean, he's he's playing great. I mean, um, he hits it like a robot. Um, he's putting a lot better, and his short game's good. So um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Tyler has a run at a couple tournaments this year, and you know would would throw up another win this year. Um, but it's 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 exciting because I want my I want. I, mean, I basically want everybody to do well. Honestly, that it sounds really uncompetitive, but um, I feel like I'm friends with most guys on tour, and and um, it, it is more fun, I guess, seeing your friends succeed. But um, in over five years, I have gained a lot of friends on tour, so um, it, it, it's fun seeing them succeed. It's fun when you play well every once in a while for yourself, and hopefully, I'll start to do that more often. But it's uh, it's, uh, it's 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 it is rewarding to play practice rounds all these guys and then see them do well and then you know you send them hey congratulations you know the 80 bucks i beat you out of was you know that was the reason that you did well that week or giving them some uh some kind of crap i guess you call it yeah you were talking about obviously friends and and how well they've played is there like a couple mentors or a couple guys that's kind of taking you under their wing um whether it's players or even some veteran caddies out there on tour uh over these last few years yeah so um Charles Howe, when my first year on tour, he was very nice. Um, he's, you know, played a lot of practice rounds with me. I played with him um, before, you know, Webb Simpson's been very kind to me and his caddy, Paul Tesori, they give me a lot of advice. So they're just great people. Um, I feel like I'll play with um, putting contests against Charlie Hoffman all the time with putting green. I can't seem to ever beat him. I don't know really why I play him. Well, I haven't played him much in, or in a long time, which is probably smart on my end, but he's, he's helped with my putting and, and give me some good advice. Um, but just, I feel like I've learned um, a lot from those guys, but I've just learned a lot by watching or, you know, play a practice round with Dustin or play a practice round with um, Colin. And then you just see just how they do things where you watch somebody hit a shot and you just stop and stare for just a second. Just, just try and learn something every day, I guess you'd call it. But every time you have a chance um, or an opportunity to learn something, I try and take advantage of that. Mm. Well, we talked about Indiana uh, sports, actually, sorry, Purdue sports just a minute ago in your example there. How animated do you get when Purdue, because you went there, you graduated there, but how animated do you get when Purdue basketball or football is on TV and your juices are flowing? <laughs> what are you yelling at the TV? What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a table slapper for sure. And a yeller and I get excited, <laughs> super excited every year for, Football, super excited every year for basketball. I know football has been down a little bit, but um, Jeff Brom's our guy. So um, run through a brick wall with them. And, you know, they um, have a big game at Iowa this Saturday. So that would be a great one for them if they could knock off Iowa. I was just talking to the golf coach, uh, which they've got a great golf team this year. Uh, one of their uh, Herman just won two tournaments in a row, which is the first time it's been done in a long time. Um, so, I mean, Purdue sports altogether is it's something I get um, emotional about. I mean, I, I'm there for it. I cheer for it. If I'm having a few beers and it's even more amplified, which is the case most of the time. Um, but super excited for basketball season. I think they're going to be in the top five preseason, which doesn't, you know, obviously doesn't mean anything, but they're going to be really nice. And we got to watch a basketball practice earlier this fall and it was just jaw dropping how big fast and and good they were and, and coach paint came over and you know said hi to us and he couldn't have been nicer man what a thrill that would be um well being an indiana native vincennes uh native and close to evansville um what what is that like when you just get out and um you know spend time there i'm sure growing up i mean I, what i'm getting at here is what was it like 
meeting golf and finding the, the passion that you have for it now to be on the PGA tour? Yeah, it was great. You know, grandpa, dad introduced me to the game and I grew up on a sod farm. We have seven acres of zoysia grass out in our basically out in my front yard. So I practiced there and they take me to the course a little bit once I, you know, progressed and I'd, you know, start to play some at Evansville and start to play some in Indianapolis and travel a little longer, um, which eventually ended me up at Purdue, um, which was phenomenal. But, you know, I had a really good setup at home. And that's obviously, like you said, like where I developed the passion at and was really fortunate to be introduced to the game at a young age and have access to, you know, basically a driving range at my house whenever I wanted it. So coming back here and being able to go back out to the farm um, where I grew up hitting golf balls, I have a little patch of Bermuda grass where I hit balls off of for probably a couple hours a day and then had my dog bunker out there. And then we went and picked the balls up in the golf cart and he just absolutely loves that and chasing rabbits or cats around the farm, whatever there is. So that's, that's a fun bonding time for us. Um, but yeah, it was a really fortunate just to grow up uh, with that situation. And then now living back here is, is, it's very fulfilling. Wife and I are very happy. What was the aha moment that where you realized, Hey, listen, I think I can make this on the PGA tour. I think this is actually attainable. It was my, so I did half a victory lap for college to the start of my fifth year, went back and got my um, management degree in Craner and coach Bradley. This was, he was my coach starting my senior year and really started to make a few changes. And I had time to work on them without having to, play a tournament and I just I played that was some of the best golf I've still ever played in my life was that fall semester my fifth year and I only went back for half for a semester half a year and then I turned pro that following uh, spring and that was that fall was like hey you know I I think I'm good enough to play professional golf I want to go see what I can do and you know it wasn't anything that was super magical. I just started shooting low, lower scores and I started doing it consistently. And that, you know, if coach Bradley wouldn't have uh, you know come to Purdue, I probably wouldn't be playing professional golf right now, to be honest. But that was, that was definitely the moment. hundred percent. Yeah, no, that's, that's great to have that, that moment and that inspiration from coach Bradley. I, I got a listener question from somebody on Twitter here. Um, he had asked the joke, your last name, Shank with golf how how many times have you gotten that over the years i'm thinking at least five or ten thousand right <laughs> definitely lots but most people are like oh you know i don't want to mention your last name but how you know how funny is that and they all say something but obviously people are great with it it happens most of the time in proams but i mean it's something that obviously being on the pj tour um i mean it's fun i have to have fun with it i mean it, it's it's pretty unbelievable that that that's my last name and I play golf and then happen to play it at a high level and make the PJ tour. So it's kind of a lot of things that come together. So I, so I just have fun with it. I mean, embrace it. It's not like I'm, I'm fortunate. I always tell people I always, I'm a toe ball hitter. I hit drivers, like everything off the toe irons. I'm starting to hit more in the middle, but like if I miss it, it's on the toe. So I don't shank it very often. I, I'm still fully capable of shanking it, but it, it doesn't happen very often. I'm a toe ball hitter. Yeah. Luckily. You know your shortcomings, right? <laughs> I, I do. I, I do. I, I shank it when I practice my chipping it in uh, in Vegas. I I probably shank ten chip shots, and so oh, that's that's such. I shouldn't even tell you this, but like now now, when I was getting up over my chip shots, I'm like, wow, I got that shot in the bag now. So I I have to <laughs> uh, I have to really make sure I do my technique correctly and not try and do 
too much of a new technique because I did hit, which is crazy. You think you'd hit more shanks like in a full swing, but I, I shank it when I chip way more often than anything. That's, that's probably really bad to say, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, here's another question from Kip Henley, the brother of, of your, your caddy, Brent uh, Henley. He said, is it possible a 57 year old broken down caddy could be the best screen reader on earth? Meaning I assume his brother, Brent. He's pretty good. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> I use the greens book so I can kind of cheat a little bit. Um, if I didn't have the greens book, he'd be a far superior green reader than me, but he reads greens really nice. And, uh, that's going to be a big benefit next year when the greens books go away. I think they're going away. I'm not exactly certain, yeah, but, um, supposed, yeah. he's, he's pretty good and we have a good time together and he, he likes to joke around and not, not take things too seriously, but, uh, Kip, Kip, I've heard Kip reads greens pretty good too, but Brent, Brent's a nice green reader. I'm not going to lie. got to give him, I got to give him a little credit there. Got to give him a lot of credit everywhere, but he, he reads screens really good. Well, here, here's another thing uh, before we kind of wrap up here. Um, one thing I talk about with a lot of guests, a lot of players is the practice warm up, And that's something that for us amateurs at home, we can all relate to that. It's something we all have to go through, right? Like whether it's an hour and plus like you guys, or whether it's only 10, 15, 20 minutes for us, when you get to the course, what are you trying to get out of your pre-round routine with the range, with chipping and putting? So I'm a little more unconventional than most players. I, I try and find, this is a weird answer. I try and find the benefit in every tee time that I get. So if I'm early late, then I can rest up, play, get all my practice and rest up and then be ready to go early Thursday morning. And then whatever I'm working on, I have all afternoon Thursday and I have all morning on Friday to, to prepare for that late tee time. Um, if I'm early, if I'm late early, which is my favorite tee time, because if you're playing well, you just kind of roll it over. And if you happen to miss the cut, then you can fly out and get home on Friday afternoon, evening, which is, it's huge. Cause I play a lot of weeks. Hopefully I don't have to ever do that this year. One of my goals was to not miss any cuts and I messed that up in the second tournament. So I have to start that goal over. But um, if it's a super to answer your question, but I, I always wanted a late, early tea time so when i would get an early late an early late instead of being like oh i didn't you know i didn't get my tea time again i would you know see okay you know i'm gonna go out and shoot a good round i'm gonna have fresh greens and then i'm gonna have all afternoon and then all morning the next morning to do whatever i need to do for my game um and if i do have an afternoon tea time sometimes i'll just come out you know 45 or an hour before and just get a normal 30 minute warm-up in um hit balls for 15 chip and putt for probably 20 minutes combined and go tee it or sometimes i'll come out two and a half hours early and spend an hour and a half chipping that's kind of what i did last week in vegas um and just you gain a little confidence for the chipping there was a lot of end of the grain chips um, which kind of give me a little bit of a fit give a lot of people fits i guess i prefer to play off bent grass but we play off a lot of bermuda so i had to get used to that um where i differentiate the most is like if i tee off at i think we tee off at 6 40 on thursday I and mean, i probably got to the range after I did a, a really quick warm up, like for my body, when I say really quick, I mean like three or four minutes, like just nothing crazy, a few stretches, a few squats and everything. I got to the range, probably hit putts for five minutes. Um, of course it's basically dark. So you can't, I don't know how much warming up you can really do in the dark, but I hit balls. I got to the range at six twenty, So I hit balls for 12 minutes and then basically walk to the tee. I mean, it doesn't, I, I feel like my body's 
good golf shape, I guess it warms up pretty quickly. It wasn't cold out. So, um, I would just rather have a quick warm up and honestly just go tee it up and not overthink things. I like things when they happen, you know, quickly, like, you know, bam, bam, bam. I'd, I'd rather have too little time than too much time, honestly. When so I, I'm convinced that all the times I play at Sawgrass, I'll show up late, not hit balls and go shoot 66 or something. So what makes a PJ tour tournament, you know, any different, it, it, it's not any different. You're just playing for a lot more money than, you know, 20 or 40 bucks with your buddies. So as long as you, as long as you think you're ready and your body's ready to go, then I don't think it really matters. Yeah. And I'll well, get more into practice in just a minute, but you, you mentioned though, uh, you're playing for so much on the tour and you mentioned missing a cut, having gold, not uh, missing a cut. And then he did what take, take our, the golf fan listeners through what the emotions are like when you do miss a cut, when you put so much effort into it. Right. And it just wasn't enough that week for that field. You miss the cut, your trunk slammer, like w- take us through what that feels like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've kind of got the mindset now where, I've played a lot in the past. I'll play a lot, hopefully play a little less going forward, but still more than most. And you're exactly right. There is so much effort that goes into every week. I mean, if you're not there trying to compete and get better and and, and hopefully have a chance on Sunday, I mean, obviously you want to win every tournament, but if you give yourself a chance on Sunday with how many good players there are on tour, you kind of did your job for that week. And then obviously it doesn't come together. And, I was pretty disappointed in myself at Sanderson because I played really nicely. I just gave away and did some silly stuff Thursday morning and just gave away three or four shots that I really didn't have to do. And it wasn't just, I made a bad swing. It was just a couple silly things that I did. And, you know, uh, I made a double with a wedge on the second hole from the middle of the fairway from 110 yards. Like that can't happen. Like, I don't care. Yeah. You just can't do that. I made bogey on a par five from 40 yards for my third shot. Like you can't do that. Um, and then I bogeyed a drivable par four just cause I hooked it left and tried to swing too hard. Can't do that. And then looking back after I missed the cut by one, it just feel like I wasted a whole week. You know, my wife's there with me. We could have, you know, if I'm going to do those silly things and why am I even at a golf tournament? Not that I was trying to do those silly things, but I was, I was pretty disappointed in myself because I should have been three shots lower, you know, sitting in about 28th position, not having played awesome golf going into Saturday and missed the cut by one. So that one stung a little bit, but we did get to fly home, get a little, little reset in and then, and then head to Vegas. So I guess it worked out. I played well in Vegas, but I just don't, I just want to be a consistent golfer. I guess that's what everybody wants to be, but I just don't like missing cuts. I don't like finishing 30th, 40th, 50th, 60th, which has happened a lot to me in the last couple of years. Um, obviously it is hard, but I just want to be a little more consistent and just have, you know, why, why not have 10 top tens? I mean, John Rom had 17 or 18 top tens at whatever 23 events. I mean, you know, if he can do it, then obviously he's the best player in the world, but you know, I, I want to throw up a stat where you have 10 top tens in a year. I mean, I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So back to warm up range types of things. So you said it really depends on the week. If it's dark, you know, you can only do so much in the dark for an early round for us as amateurs at home. I mean, in the 15, 20 minutes that we have before we start our tea time, we get to the course. What do we really need to, to focus on with, with our bodies or with our swing? Like what, I know it's a general question, but how can we be better with the time we have at the course? Might be a good idea is to fill up the, fill up the cooler, I guess. Honestly, no. 
no, but that, that probably wasn't hurt a little swing oil. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just so much different, like obviously professional golf, but you know, amateur golf is it's, it's great. And just going out and playing with your buddies. I mean, it's, it's just such a social scene. It's just, you're out there to have fun. You want to beat your buddies out of 20 bucks, whatever you're playing for. Um, and it's just so fun to, you know, play in the morning, get away from the wife for a little bit. Um, she listened to this. I'll probably <clears throat> catch some slack, you know, I mean, the weekends are great. You do that. You go have have some drinks. You go home, you watch some football, spend some time with your family. I mean, it's it's weekends in the fall are pretty great. And then Sunday you have the NFL. So, I mean, what more can you ask for? Embarrassment but, of riches, baby. <laughs> that's right. But I, I mean, going back to the warm up, I mean, I would just try. I think a good piece of advice that's simple to do is just do a little bit of everything. Hit balls for five minutes putt for five minutes if you can chip for five minutes or two minutes that's great just do a little bit of everything no matter how much time you spend if it's two minutes chipping five minutes putting 10 minutes hitting balls I think as long as you touch every part of your game I think you'll have a little more confidence when you step up over that first shot on the golf course whether it be a chip from the bunker a chip from the rough uh, you know a five footer um, yeah I think that's fairly rational but it does it doesn't always happen yeah well, it's interesting. So, so that's for our game. Um, for you though, like, are there any go-to drills pre-round or even on practice days that you really have like, just that's my go-to. Yeah. Sometimes I like to, <clears throat> if I'm struggling just to get a feel for my swing, the golf ball club face, I'll just hit a bunch of like big cuts, a bunch of big draws, just to, like get a feel for the game or a, a feel for my swing that day. Um, flight a bunch of shots, hit a bunch of shots high just to see, just to see kind of where I'm at for that day. Um, but basically I just like to kind of mess around hit like 30 yard cuts hit 30 yard draws. And then I can kind of feel my swing out from there and, you know, Hey, I'm not drawing the ball well today. Better not try that shot or, Hey, I'm not cutting the ball well today. Better not aim at water and try and cut it off of it. Or, Hey, you know, I've got that cut shot. I'll take it down the water line. I don't care, but it just, it's just so dependent on what you have belief in. You're going to be going to Japan next week. Um, by the time this podcast releases, it's probably going to be that the week of. Uh, how do you pass the time on a long plane flight? What does Adam Shank do? <laughs> you movie guy? I've played, I've, played a, I've played a lot in Argentina, once or twice in Uruguay. Brazil's far too on the Latin America tour. The key is couple. Uh, you stay up for like two or three hours. They, they'll serve you a meal, eat your meal watch a movie. That's another two, two, two or three hours. And then during the meal, you take your two Advil PMs, have a couple of alcoholic beverages, um, read a book, which will make you fall asleep almost immediately. And then you hopefully sleep for five to six to seven hours. And then on a 13 hour flight, you have about three hours left. That's a hundred percent to go to. Like a well-oiled machine, man. This is not your first rodeo. It, it's not the Latin America tour is tough. Argentina is a long way in a middle seat, which happens most of the time. I do. I wasn't flying in. These are lay down seats that we're flying in there um, on the charter. So gosh, we're getting so spoiled. But I don't know how I did that. I, I, I flew from uh, <clears throat> Uruguay to Toronto ended up being like a 13 hour flight or something, 14 hour flight in a middle seat and economy. And I mean, it was tough. Oof, I'll never forget that flight. What do you take away the most from just that time um, in Latin America, just, just with, with all those aspects of travel, but just with your game there and progressing? Yeah, just learning how to play different golf courses, play around the world. I mean, we, 
I, I guess on the PJ tour, you do play around the world. We're going to Japan, you play in uh, Mexico, um, Puerto Rico, all, all, all these places. And, um, you know, South Korea, um, eventually when the CJ cup gets back there, but yeah, just learning how to <clears throat> put it all together and, and just kind of finding out who you are. And, and if you, Hey, is this something I actually want to pursue? I know a, a lot of great golfers make the Latin America tour, but some guys played the tour and, and possibly could have made the PJ tour. They're just like, Hey, this isn't really for me. You know, the travel's too much. So that's, those are some of the aspects that I think I figured out about myself. And I think others, other golfers go through as well. Mm. I'll get you out of here on this one. Um, 46 inch driver. Now will will be the, the, the rule has gone from 48 <clears throat> to 46. What do you make of that change with the USGA? So it was 48 and now it's 46. That's yes. That's, um, that's yep. I haven't heard much about, I mean, I'm not a huge social media guy, but, I know Phil was upset about it because I'm, I'm guessing he uses a driver that's in the 46 to 48 inch range. Or he's and dabbled he, with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I don't think it really affects anybody, so I don't know why they changed it. Um, I, I've experimented with a longer driver at ping, but I think it was like 40, maybe it was 46, but I didn't really hit any further. Um, and then you have to, you know, you think about hitting it in the center. Now you, you use a longer driver you're not hitting it in the center as often. So I actually kind of almost hit it further with a shorter driver. Um, I mean, I feel like you never know what the USGA is going to do, um, but I don't think it's going to affect really many people. So I don't think it really matters in the long run. I mean, you know, Phil obviously won the PGA, but maybe if he used it, I don't, I don't know what his length is and he hits it so far. So if he used a 46 inch driver, I mean, he's probably still going to hit it just as far, but it's Phil. So he's always obviously has an opinion as he should. He's one of the greats of all time. So um, I have more of a different opinion, I guess, if I was in the range of using a driver that was that long, but mine's like 44. So mine's 44. not in that range. Yeah. 40, maybe 44 and a half. Oh, so you're not even close to that barrier. No, no, I'm going for straight. I don't really go. I hit it. I hit it. Okay. Long, but I like, I like it when I it's in the fairway most of the time. Yeah. Well, Adam, really fun uh, getting to know you here on, on Beyond the Clubhouse, and thanks for joining for a bit. Um, Want to throw out your Twitter handle for everybody, A.C. Shank. Uh, it's S-C-H-E-N-K-1, the, the, the number one on Twitter. Uh, but, yeah, buddy, great catching up. Thanks again for the time, buddy. Thank you very much for having me on, and hopefully talk to you again in the near future. All right, big thank you to Adam Shank for joining. I love hearing a little bit of backstory. This is a guy we see on leaderboards. We're not sure how he got into the game, what was the driving force, and it was cool to hear some of the backstory there growing up in Indiana, uh, having some time on the farm, <laughs> and just, just hearing more about where he's come from. So some cool stuff. I love the stories about Purdue. How, how he's a, What do you say? He's a table slapper. This guy loves watching his sports, so cool to hear that. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and let's catch up again soon here on Beyond the Clubhouse. 